So today on the show, I have on-air personality Brandon Lowe. Uh, he works at 100.9 slash 102.3 The Mix in Charleston and Huntington. He's also the host of Jock Talk on 1400 slash 1340 The Jock. And he also hosts the High School Blitz podcast. Brandon and I have known each other for a couple of years. I know you will love listening to us talk about how do you become a broadcaster, the current state, of high school football in West Virginia and all and a bunch of other things after a short word from our sponsor. All right, Brandon Lowe, welcome to the podcast uh, this morning. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Normally, I'm interviewing you and talking about uh, some Wildcats football, but I do appreciate you uh, inviting me. I actually kind of invited myself on your podcast, to be honest with your listeners. You did. Uh, so tell the people like what that was all about, where we were the other day when you uh, invited yourself. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was, uh, we were doing the coaches roundtable, which, um, you know, you, you guys were supposed to play St. Albans for the, uh, the battle of the bridge uh, for the jock, which is a uh, sports station to do a, a sports talk show uh, for. And uh, yeah. So instead of the game, which you guys were supposed to play today, uh, or I'm sorry, yesterday, I'm losing track of my days. Um, we are in the middle of this color code situation and, uh, you were talking about your podcast, which I've listened to multiple times, which is a phenomenal podcast. And I said, hey, why, why don't I come on? And you were telling me you had Mark Martin on and all that, and Josh Lewis. I was like, where's my invite at? Dude, it's right here right now. That's that's what we're doing. I mean, I <laughs> I, uh, I teach like study hall and wait. So this online learning thing, I don't really have a class to teach right now. So I'm, I'm ready to do something, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, that's kind of hard to do as far as virtual learning. This whole thing has been pretty crazy. Uh, my son, who was uh, supposed to go in person on Thursday, where he's in fifth grade. My daughter as well, kindergarten. Uh, so now everything, as you know, virtual. Um, just a very strange time, uh, to put it lightly. And, uh, you know, not a fan of it. I'll put it out there. But, uh, but yeah, we just got to, as parents, kind of adjust to this whole thing. Yeah. I mean, before we get into, like, introducing yourself, talk about what is it like as a parent that has to do virtual schools? I mean, that – I mean, my wife stays at home – uh, and homeschools are our girls. So that's a different story. But if both parents are working, I mean, how does that work? It's, it's a balancing act for sure. I mean, when they, when we had the situation come down in March, it was, it was hard because you were adjusting to, luckily I was working from home too. So I was kind of recording, uh, you know, my tracks and things I was doing radio wise and sending it down, which was good. I was able to do that and then doing all my production stuff, but it was kind of like a schedule. You just had to have, you had to establish a different type of schedule. And, and it really, that was the biggest thing is adjusting. I mean, that's something that I'm, I'm sure you're accustomed to as a coach and players have an adjusting to all this stuff going on too. It's just an adjustment period. And then once you get yourself a schedule, it, it becomes, a, I wouldn't say normal, but it, you know, you get a little more accustomed to how to, uh, to, to organize things. I think organizing is, is a big part of this right now as well. You know, hey, let, let me get a hold of this. Let me get this done. And then, hey, we'll check out math. We'll do this and reading, you know, and, and I'm, not, uh, I'm not the dumbest man on the planet, but I'm also not the brightest. So it's tough to teach your kids things that most educators uh, and people that are actually fully trained um, and have the education background, educational background, background to do this. That's the tough part. Is, is trying to figure out how to do that plus your job and everything else. So um, it, it's tough. And luckily I have my wife to help me out with it too. Uh, if I was a single parent, I don't know what these single parents are doing at this point. Um, but yeah, luckily I have my wife to help me out with that stuff. It's definitely a balancing act. Yeah. I, 
I mean, teaching is hard enough when you just, when you're teaching your class, I mean, trying to be a parent and then teaching your kid and then having to work and working, right. That's gotta be, I cannot even imagine. I can't imagine what some, and like you said, the single parents are going through, that's gotta be, that's a new level of stress. I would yeah. imagine. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't imagine that um, being a single parent. I, I I've done the single parent thing. Luckily not in the middle of this, um, you know, um, but yeah, it, it's, I, I don't know how they're even doing it, especially someone who most single parents, as you know, probably have about two or three jobs just to make mm -hmm. ends meet unless they're, you know, unless they, and then even if they have a job that pays well, um, you're probably there for hours, right? You do overtime, you, you got to do a bunch to hustle. And uh, especially nowadays uh, with everything being so expensive. So, so yeah, I mean, it's, I can't imagine. I feel for those parents. I feel for all these parents, but uh, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a tough time right now. No doubt. So Brandon, tell the listener a little bit about yourself, uh, who you are, where you come from and, and what you're doing now. Sure. Yeah. Uh, currently working at LM Communications here in St. Albans. Most people know it for Rock 105, which has been around for 40 years this year. Uh, Heritage Station. I, uh, I currently uh, do on-air stuff uh, for the, the Mix, which is our sister station to Rock 105, 100.9 in Charleston, uh, 102.3 in Huntington. And I'm the midday slash drive guy right now because we're in between midday uh, on-air personality. So I'm doing 12 to 7 Monday through Friday, uh, Saturday 2 to 8, and Sunday at 11 to 2. It's a classic hit station. So you're going to listen to Genesis and, you know, uh, the Stones and, you know, Prince. It's it's kind of that kind of vibe. And then I do uh, a sports talk show and jock talk as well. Uh, you know, I do that and cast them currently in the midst of sort of, uh, you know, I'm kind of transitioning as far as like getting the logo and, and, uh, and getting that thing uh, situated as well. So I'm, I'm pretty busy with all these things. And that's kind of how I am. I'm neurotic and I like to stay busy and I have multiple projects and I, and I don't know, somehow I'll keep it together. Um, but that's basically where I'm at right now. And, uh, you know, as far as background, grew up in Cross Lanes, uh, ended up at, I was first at Nitro and then ended up at Capitol when my, my mom and my sister ended up moving to Columbus. And uh, graduated Capital, and then eventually ended up in Columbus. Went to a broadcasting school there called Ohio Media School, and uh, just fell in love with radio. And uh, not so much the video side because they taught you television too, but there was just something about radio and and, and sports talk radio that I, I just loved anyway. And uh, just got really involved with that, and did some things in Columbus for a morning show, and it ended up coming back here, which is crazy. And uh, landed my first full time gig at Bristol Broadcasting. So kind of full circle. I went up to Columbus, came back here, got a job in Bristol for nine years, left there, and now I'm at LM Communications doing this thing. So it's, uh, it's, it's been a blessing and, and it's been a lot of fun. So how would somebody get into like the sports talk business, the radio business? Like what's the educational steps you took to be able uh, to do this? Well, you know, the school that I initially, uh, when I went to it, you have, to, you had to do sort of a, not like a tryout, but they had you kind of stand and read scripts and because they only took so many kids uh, every semester or whatever it was. And so you had to go to this thing, this school, and I heard the, the ad about the school on radio. So hmm. I was listening to the sports talk radio as I always, I always do driving down the road. Um, you know, I was a young, uh, going to be a young parent 
Um, and I, did, I really didn't have any direction. You know, I was, I was in my early, I pushed in early 20s and I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I want to do business. No, I don't want to do this. Maybe accounting. And I was like, well, you know, radio sounds like a lot of fun. I've always enjoyed listening to sports talk radio. Uh, had a passion for it immediately uh, as soon as I got into school. It was a hands-on uh, type of school, which I really enjoyed. It was the only thing you did learn was uh, broadcasting. You didn't have English 101. You didn't have – which was a perfect school for me because I'm a slacker. So um, <laughs> it, it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. Um, had my own uh, show on the student station. It was a morning show. It was a lot of fun. I would produce it and host it at times. Uh, it was just a really cool experience because your instructors were – uh, those in the business. So I was getting top 30 uh, market, uh, uh, you know, advice because Columbus is sits around in the top 30. So I was getting major market experience and advice. And it was just a it was a wonderful experience. And I only did that uh, because I heard the I heard the ad. So, you know, if I didn't hear that ad, who knows what I'd be doing? I mean, that's the crazy part. I always think back to that with everything going on in life and uh, you know, what I got going on, I'm like, man, what if I didn't hear that ad that one day tell me that I should go to broadcasting school? It's pretty crazy. So yeah, it's pretty much, it's not crazy education. I didn't go to school for, you know, eight years. Uh, I got friends who are like surgeons and, you know, the lawyers and, and all kinds of stuff. And uh, seeing them going through all that just wasn't for me. So yeah, luckily radio worked out for me. That's awesome. I, Obviously, you know, as a, as a coach, I've listened to the radio, sports talk for a while. Um, you know, talk about the ins and outs of that. So, like, what's, like, your daily schedule? How do you set up a schedule? Like, how do you get people to come on? Like, what's all, like, the, the technical stuff that goes on? Because as a listener, we just hear, you know, the interviews and you talking about sports. Like, what are, like what's some inside baseball stuff that people don't know about sports talk radio? Yeah, sure. If you, I mean, if you want a really good show, I mean, it's all about preparation. I mean, it's just like as a coach, if you want, if you want your team to be ready, you know, it's all about the preparation. It's all about the, the practices, repetition. Um, and, you, and you get into a schedule, you get into a mode, uh, much like anything else. Like, you know, you know, if you want to guess at this time, uh, you, you try to get a hold of them ahead of time. It's like, okay, well, it's always working ahead as far as guests. So you're trying to make sure that you're booking your guests ahead of time. So that way you're filling up your week pretty quickly. I always try to work at least a week or two in advance. So mm -hmm. if I'm, you know, getting a hold of you on Thursday, you know, I'm probably going to ask you to be on the show next Wednesday so I can prepare in advance each guest. So I have enough time to prepare an interview. And a lot of, a lot of the coaches and stuff, you know, I've gotten to know over the past couple of years, including yourself. So I kind of know what to expect. I kind of know what's going on anyway. And the biggest thing is just staying in tune with your community. I think that's the biggest thing you got to pay attention to what's going on. And I think that's one of the toughest things you got to learn early in, in a talk show career is you got to pay attention to pretty much everything. I mean, my wife was like, mm. why are you on your phone? So I was like, news is just moving so fast that, you know, on an interview with a coach and I'm like, Hey, how about, you know, that low kid, if I'm talking to you and they go, well, he's injured, he's not going to play. So you have to be on top of those things as well. Um, I think that's the toughest thing. And then it's just the prep. You know, having your show topics that are, are worthwhile. Everybody, when you first start, think you think everything's a news item. Not everything's a news item. You need something that's going to involve people and, and get them listening and get them tuned in and be interested in it. Something as simple. It could be simple. It could be 
It could be something that has a lot of detail, but something that actually keeps you entertained and keeps you in. Not everything is a news item, you know. I remember when I first started on uh, Sports Talk, I thought I would give scores to games. I'm like, well, they could get this on an app. You know, they can get this. Mm-hmm. You can wake up, you know, you'd wake up in the morning and go, okay, the Raptors lost to the Celtics or, or whatever. I don't need to tell you that on a sports talk show. That's like a news item. Mm-hmm. I need to jump into why it happened or mm-hmm. here's the big topic of the day. So really just finding your groove I think is the biggest, the biggest thing is, uh, is kind of trimming the fat, finding your groove as far as what guests. And to me, social media changed the game. Hmm. I mean, social media changed the game. I mean, you could reach out to people on Instagram, Twitter, uh, you know, Facebook sometimes a little locked off and Twitter, of course, sometimes you got to follow, but you can reach out to people and usually they're pretty cool about it, you know? Um, but yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing is just being prepared and knowing what to talk about and what, peaks interest but paying attention to what's going on is the biggest thing i think you have to pay attention and that is the toughest part because you can't constantly be on your phone you can't constantly have things all the time because you got to live your life so i think that's the toughest part is learning uh, how to pay attention and also maintain that with your with your everyday life i think that's i think that's the toughest part oh no doubt i i couldn't imagine having to keep up with all that i mean i just like I'm not going to get on my Twitter for like a month because this whole color thing is just driving me insane um, <laughs> with all the – I mean, it's it's unreal. We were actually, we were down a number today. We are like 19. That came out right before we started the podcast. But talk about like what's it like covering like high school sports versus like college and pro sports? Like so what are some similarities and differences? Because I, ima- I would imagine they're different in, in the way you would you would cover them. Yeah, I think high school, which I enjoy a lot. I think it's more personable. Uh, you know, guys like you are, are doing this for – I mean, it's not like you're getting tons of pay to do this. I mean, it's, no. yeah, you guys no. are doing this for strictly – yeah, you're doing this strictly for the kids. Um, you enjoy doing it. You enjoy the sport. And, and you're trying to mold these kids and, and, and give them a future and make sure they're on the right path. I think high school, um, I like that. I think the passion behind that and there's not this corruption of money and – and, and all this stuff. And then when you start getting into like the higher levels, like college, even like division two, there's just a lot more at stake with money being invested in coaches or you got to win and win now, or you're out of here. Um, there's just a, there's a different animal when you're talking to a coach, even at the division two level. And then you start talking to division one, it's just, you could just tell there's just such a different conversation. And plus you're, t- you're dealing with SIDs. In college, like, you know, they're telling you what you can't talk about, what you shouldn't bring up. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always a pain. Uh, but, you know, and then, you know, when you start talking NFL, um, I've talked to a couple of guys in the NFL, a um, couple of coordinators and stuff like that. And those were always really cool. I think those guys at that point in their career, um, you know, they're dealing with professionals and they're getting paid a good amount of money. And there's stress in their job, but it's just it's, – it's, it's different when you bring on a coach at different levels like that or, or players even. Like I, I remember the Texans and Saints came up here for a training camp, and I got a couple of players. And it's just a different experience compared to having a high school kid on who, who maybe has done one or two interviews their entire life. And this is like the biggest moment of his life being on radio. Yeah. And I always thought that's funny. You get these kids that kind of stammer around, and I always try to make them feel comfortable. Uh, and just have fun with them because at the end of the day they're just kids and uh, you know you're just trying to highlight them and get their name out there so that's the difference is really is just you know I always that's why I always enjoy high school the most is because it's just still got that purity to it like it's just a pure 
mindset with the coaches, the players are trying to figure themselves out. They're trying to figure out if they're going to go to what college they're going to go to. It's just such a pure aspect to the game. And then it just starts to getting, getting worse as far as the like corruption and pressure and everything else as it gets higher up. And I think that's the major difference is not all corrupt. I'm just saying like, there's a lot of stuff that, behind the scenes that, you know, they're trying to save a few bucks here and there and, and pay. And once money comes involved, as a Division two coach told me uh, after an interview off the record, so I won't name any names, but once money gets involved, uh, things start to change up a little bit. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think about these high school kids. Some of them, this is the only interview they'll ever do, you know, when they get on go on your show or they talk to the paper and, uh, you know, they don't have – a as much practice they don't they just they come out and they say what they have to say and I would imagine sometimes it's difficult to get out of them what what you want to get out of them yeah no it's like I think the shortest interview I've ever done in my career was with a high school kid it was two minutes and 30 seconds so it was uh it was a lot of it was a lot of yeah yeah that's cool yeah uh yeah, so and I try to like dig it out of it. It's just like one word answers. I'm like, all right, man. Uh, you know, it's just you, at that point, you, there's nothing you can do. And you're right. These kids, they don't know what, you know, a radio interview is or they just want to play football. They're hoping they got an A on their math test. I mean, they, they don't, I mean, they're just coming on to hope get their name out there. Their parents are more proud of it than anybody. And, and I think that's what you do those things for. Um, you know, I was, when I was doing the Charleston Catholic basketball games with uh, Larry McKay. Uh, you know, senior night, I'll never forget that every parent came over there and, and thanked us for saying their name on the radio, just saying their name. And we're just doing our jobs. We're, we're, that's what we're supposed to do is say their names. Cause you know, it's in the middle of a broadcast, but they came over and thanked us for that. And, uh, I think that is another example of why at this level, it's, it's extremely special in the high school level. Oh, no doubt. I remember, you know, growing up and playing, if your name was in the paper or somebody interviewed you, that was yeah, like the highlight of your your yeah. year yeah you, know? you were yeah and you're and you know and then mom or whoever has to make it even worse by like cutting it out or your grandma and oh putting yeah it up, putting it up on the mantle and you know later on in your life if you know whether you're lucky enough to go you know play at the next level you you got your future wife or girlfriend over and you know mom's telling all this all the stories and everything about your and she's pointing at the picture and, yeah all that stuff and you're just like uh oh, let's just let this go but I mean, those are good things. They're good moments. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Brandon, you cover – what high schools in the area do you cover, like, games for? Uh, like, where, like, what schools are you, are you covering? Yeah, um, I, last year, Donnie Mays at South Charleston actually asked me to join Jack Withrow in the booth. Um, I do color commentary for them. And uh, it's been a blast, man. We did it with video productions. Butch Mounts does a good job uh with them and uh yeah it was a it was a really cool experience i haven't done color commentary in a while um because i was you, you know there's a difference between doing sports talk in a studio and doing live in-game broadcast i mean it's just a difference um as far as conversation there's not a ton of difference it's just it, it happens a lot faster but mm. um yeah i was asked to do it and i was i was super pumped to do it because it's been a while and i, I did basketball for a while and uh, I, I don't know how people do play-by-play -play basketball. I mean, it's, <laughs> I, it is so tough. I watched Larry do it, and I was just like, I'm talented, but I'm not that talented. I mean, I, yeah. I'm, I, I know where my skills lie, and I know that's not me. 
Like if they put mm-hmm. if I've had schools ask me to do play by play voice stuff for basketball and I've had to turn them down very nicely because I can't do that. Now, if you want me to do collar, sure, I'll do that all day. I'll tell you what what schemes are using, what what play it is, you know, what happened. I could break that stuff down. Um, but yeah, the play by play stuff is just not me. But anyway, back to South Charleston. Yeah, Donnie asked me to do it and uh It'd been a while, and I, I couldn't wait to get back around, you know, high school football in person. Um, you know, I've been a couple games and kind of watched some teams in the area, but from afar. But yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun, and uh, maybe dabble in some St. Albans stuff this year. Who knows? It just depends. But uh, but yeah, it's just been a blast getting back. There's nothing like I said. There's nothing like those Friday night lights mm. uh, and getting out there and calling some high school football. That's awesome. I hope we get back in the yellow and the green and. We can uh, get back at it. That'd be fun. Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice uh, if we had a separate collar code system, too. I mean, I'm just – that'd be nice, you know. It would be nice oh, also man. we didn't have this thing blanketed and Marge and Mimi's got COVID uh, because she was gambling away her pennies. And, uh, you know, you know, your kids can't play football. I mean, that's just – you know, not to dive too deep in that, but I was driving by uh, Mimi's the other day. Uh, and, and I saw all these, these people outside, four of them smoking cigarettes and I'm like, okay, so, uh, they can go gamble and stand around each other and smoke cigarettes, but our kids can't go back to school and they can't play high school football. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable that, that whole thing. So yeah, uh, hopefully, uh, our governor decides to do something different with it because it's just not going to work. I don't see these kids going back. Uh, consistently. I think that hurts their educational process as well. When you're pulling them in school and you're pulling them out of school and then they can play a game and they can't play a game. I think it's very confusing for these kids. And I think uh, that's something that needs to be changed immediately. Yeah. I think anything that's good is usually planned and this doesn't allow us to plan well at all. I mean, you have to, you know, you're, you're in, you're out. It's like it's a day. If you go red, it's a daily thing, right? If you go red, you're done that day, pretty much. Orange is a little different, but still, like if you're orange on Saturday and you turn yellow on Wednesday, you still can't play on Friday. It's just one of those things where it's not allowing people who've done who do this for a living, right? Teachers and educators and administrators to do their job. We're being told sure. top down to this is how you're going to do it, and like you said, I mean it's you know, most of the cases are from, you know, families, social gatherings are not from, well, we, have, we haven't been to school since March, so we don't even know that would happen in school. So <laughs> it's yeah. not even a trial run, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that's the most frustrating part too, is, is that these kids were really looking forward to, you know, cause it's like you said, it's been since March and I know my kids personally, especially my daughter is just in her kindergarten. She was very excited to, Mm-hmm. you know, go to her classroom and because it, it's an experience, it's an experiment or a experiment experience for these kids to be able to go to school and see their friends. Cause you got to think we've been locked down on and off since March. Um, technically we still are kind of in this lockdown thing because you can't just go into any place you want to. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's mask everywhere. I remember going to a establishment and, and ordering a beer and, uh, this is before they started bringing glasses back. I tell you, you know, things were getting a little better when glasses and silverware started coming back. You're like, right, oh, yeah. right, we're making some progress. Yeah. Um, and I said, oh, uh, I'll take a, you know, whatever beer. And she goes, and I go, what sizes have come in? And she goes, only one. 
I go, oh, that's right. We, we're still in this because, you know, I got to turn around and see the mask and it's just one cup because that's all they could give you was the one plastic cup. There's no yeah. 16. There's no 22. Now, there's nothing. It was just it was just when you remember like, OK, I'm on a patio outside, but this thing is still serious because I can't even get like a different glass of beer because right? they weren't using it. So it's kind of yeah. it's different for sure. And I think like COVID has given people reason <clears throat> really to be rude. Like I've definitely had people be more rude to like me and my family being out. And I don't think it calls for that. I mean, I think people need to follow the rules in the, in the establishment. Right. And then yeah. we just need to be kind to one another. I think that's something that is getting lost a little bit. I hope that comes back when, you know, the masks come off, you can see people's facial expressions and people get back to being more human to each other. My favorite is when you walk out of a store and the lady stares at you, like the one lady that's mad because she's wearing like seven masks and you have your, you know, you have yours just like barely, you took yours down for a second because you're walking out of the store because you can't breathe for a second. So you're just trying to pop it down for a second before you go back out. Because when I get to the parking lot, I'm guilty of just, you know, once I'm in the parking lot, I just take it down. Oh, sure. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I've had, uh, I've had several people stare at me like I'm supposed to just, you know, wear it, I guess, everywhere I go. And, uh, oh, you know, geez. and I'm all about mask wearing. I do it. But if I'm outside, it's free game. Like, if I'm going to my car, it's off. I'm not I'm not going to continue to wear it. Um, but I always like that look you get whenever you're coming out and you got it down. Like, like you just committed murder. Like, they're yeah. just looking at you like, what are you doing? Yeah. You got to go back there. You just killed somebody. So, it's just – it's insane. Yeah, I love being on, like, on trails with <clears throat> with my girls and – you go by somebody like a good like six feet and they're looking at you and they, they had their mask on. Like, I'm going to pass it to you in the four seconds that I have to go by you. Like, <laughs> give me a break, man. Like, gee whiz. You know, uh, it's, uh, it's something else, man. Um, and it's, I mean, I, again, I'm, I'm all about following the guidelines and, and all that stuff, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, back to the color code thing. I think, the interesting part about it was that the governor kept saying how well we were doing. Numbers are going down. Keep wearing your mask. You know, you're doing a great job, West Virginia. You know, and then just out of nowhere, I know why. I'm just not going to get political about this. But this a certain person that he's going against said something, and then now he, he created this color code. It's like, oh, well, I care about the kids and the teachers, too. So here. And that's what he did. Because, I mean – where did this come from it pretty much came out of nowhere after mm -hmm. after you know said opponent said that you know we need to protect these teachers and these and these uh and these students and then out of nowhere he had this color code that was like you know if you're an orange watch out you know the monster's gonna get you yeah so, i mean oh man it's it's a wild time man it's i hope we just get back to normalcy sometime soon i mean our i i been talking to kids about the ipads and virtual school man it's it is causing major stress in their life because they don't i mean i guess if you have like a good family situation and you know they're good with technology and they can help you it's i guess it can work right i mean you can go to school virtually but sure. a lot of our kids that's a big struggle i mean that's something that they're going to have to overcome is their own family life i mean you look at our stats i mean like i think 45 percent of our state is like single parent uh, which yeah. is a pretty high number. Um, that's really high. It's one of the tops in the U.S. So, you know, I just wish they were back with us and, you know, school and football and all that. So, and you know, you know how that goes. You got a, you have a kindergartner and you're having to teach them at home. 
Yeah, and a fifth grader, which, you know, I can't imagine high school. I mean, it's it's one thing to try to teach fifth grade math, you know, whatever. I can do that. I can handle that. But I can't imagine trying to take myself back. And I was really good at math. I mean, I could imagine having a high school kid and trying to take myself back to the, uh, the pre-trig and, I mean, all that stuff, the calculus uh, you know, I graduated when I was in high school, I graduated with uh, college credit and, and calculus and trig. And um, I was pretty good at math. It was the one thing I was really good at. I probably couldn't remember any of that if they if I was in if my kid was in high school and they asked me to do it. I mean, thank God for Google. I think Google's a, oh, gonna yeah. be the. I think Google is going to be more of a teacher than us parents. I think that's going to help out in the long run. I don't know how it's going to do for their education, but uh Yeah, luckily we have things to look up. Oh, yeah. I mean, Khan Academy's the best. It's going to teach more kids <laughs> during this than anybody. You know, Khan Academy, your degree from Khan Academy, basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, Brandon, thank you for coming on, my friend. I, I know you're a busy man, and um, I just thank you for sharing your wisdom and talking with me. And uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you, my friend. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Uh, glad I've invited myself on here, and hopefully I can come back on. Of course, we'll have you on. Uh, well, I'll be on multiple times on the podcast and on the radio show and stuff once. Hopefully, we can start playing football again. But, but yeah, I just appreciate you allowing me to come here and, uh, and kind of share my story and uh, get to know your listeners and all that good stuff. And hopefully, we'll play some football soon. Absolutely, man. Let's do it. Thank you for coming on, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate you.